Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 235. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. And today we talk to one of Tax and Super Australia's tax technical experts, Frank Drenth. Um, uh, during the COVID-19, which we're still in, crisis, the government introduced some support, or actually survival uh, measures to help business through the crisis. Um, the dialing up with the instant asset write-off, the backing business investment measure, and also the um, full expensing of assets, one after the other. They, these were introduced and uh, have been helping greatly, I assume. Uh, but Frank is going to go over the uh, measures for us, tell us some of the nitty-gritties that uh, exist behind these measures and generally explains how they've been going. Thanks for joining the podcast, Frank. It's uh, very good of you. Um, I understand that, uh, as you were saying earlier, that with the with the dialing up of the instant asset write-off, there are a few criteria, aren't there, that uh, people need to get right, to get their claims right? Yeah, that's right, Steve, and thanks for having me on. Um, we've actually got three different regimes uh, operating over a, um, uh, over a 12-month period and beyond. Right. Yep. Um, they've all got slightly different rules, so people have to keep their wits about them. Um, uh, but, I mean, the rules are just arbitrary and they are what they are. Um, <laughs> And once you're across how they work, they're not really all that complicated. It's just a bit of a witch's brew right. um, uh, of, of, of um, exceptions and, and, and what have you that you've got to, you've got to stay on top of. I'm just, just interested if, um, with the instant asset write-off, um, what about if the business has already ordered an asset before this new measure was brought in? I, I can't remember what the date was. And if it's safe, yeah. if it's delivered after that date or, you know, that just doesn't gel with the introduction date. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. Pre-ordering comes in to some of the rules, but not for the instant asset write-off. Ah. So the, the instant asset write-off was sitting at $30,000 threshold. That's right, yep. Um, uh, from, I think it ran from April 19. Um, and that got cranked up to 150000 from the 12th of March 2020. Right, okay. Uh, um, and um, it's... Uh, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, the uh, the assets can uh, they can be pre-ordered, they can be second-hand. Oh, yeah. uh, the only requirement really is that you expect to use the mainly in Australia. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, to qualify for the write-off, and um, actually, if you focus on assets that cost less than one hundred fifty thousand, um, it's pretty clear sailing for uh, for taxpayers and their advisors um, because you. Um, you get a full write-off under whatever regime you're under. Right. Um, so from 12th of March, um, it's 150000 and that covers most assets by number, if not value, right. uh, that people encounter. Um, uh, and then on the 6th of October 2020, we've, we moved uh, to the, um, uh, the temporary full expensing measures, which, oh, are, right. which are much more generous. Yep. Um, they actually overtake the the instant asset write-off, but it's the same result. You yes, get a full yep. deduction uh, without any strings attached That's in, right. in terms of second-hand assets. I was hoping to get, get to that. No, I was just say, I was hoping to get to the uh, full expensing in, in, a, in a moment, but um, I was just wanted, interested in yeah. the in the uh, getting the 
instant asset write-off right up to that point. Um, uh, can you tell me, I'm not unclear if the size of the entity claiming the write-off can have any influ influence. Uh, okay, with the instant asset write-off for 150000 yep. uh, it's um, it, it's applicable to a, uh, entities with a turnover of up to $500 million. So that, right. that, that goes a fair way up the uh, the SME scale. Yes, it does. And, and you know, it gets to, um, well, most people will call it a big business. There's a few different sizes of SMEs to, to get, come to grips with, but in, in this case, it's up to up to that level. Yeah, 500 million. Right. The, uh, the 30,000 write-off that applied before March 2020 applied um, uh, to entities up to, uh, I think it was 50 million. Right. Um, but... Um, but for the 150,000, it goes right up to, to 500 million. Right. Okay. Yep. And so that's for the size of the entity. Are there any other factors involved? I mean, can you still pool assets, that sort of thing? Um, well, if, if you had the instant asset right off this, there's, there's nothing left to pool. Ah, oh, um, right. Um, but if you're, if you're over the 150,000, then you've, you've got uh, different rules that apply. Um, so under the, um, um, under the rules that apply from the 12th of March 2020, yep. uh, we've got what's called the backing business investment rules. Oh, yes. Um, an asset that costs, so I, I said it's pretty plain sailing when the asset costs 150000 or less. It's yep. a full deduction under whatever regime you're looking at. But if the asset costs, say, 200000 right. um then you don't get the instant asset write-off. However, under the 12th of March rules, um, you get a 50% um, jump start on your normal depreciation. Right. Um, depending on whether you're a small business entity uh, or whether you uh, whether you uh, are using the ordinary um, uh, ordinary depreciation rules under Division 40. Right. So, uh, uh, small business entities are entities with a turnover of 10 million or less, and they use the general small business pool. Um, so when they buy an asset costing more than 150,000, yep. they actually get a, an upfront deduction of 57.5% right. uh, in the year that they buy the asset. Um, and then the rest of it goes into the pool. Okay, to, to be written off over time, et cetera, as per, as per before. Yeah, no, not as before, because no, no. that's changed okay. as well. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah, because it, it, it just keeps getting better and better if, if, <laughs> you know, if, if, if more deductions are better. Um, and we'll talk about that a bit later as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, but under the temporary full expensing rules that apply from uh, 6th of October 2020, um, the whatever the balance is in the general small business pool gets written off in full 30th of June 2021. Right. Okay. And th there are some pretty big, small, uh, uh, general small business pool balances around. Uh, you know, just talking to people. Right. Uh, and that will that will throw off quite big deductions for people. Okay. On top of whatever they they buy during the year, they get big deductions for those. But yep. whatever's in the pool that hasn't been written off, um, you know, coming from prior years, gets written off in full. Right. Right. Uh, in the in the two thousand twenty twenty one year. Have you been dealing with many um, members who have had any problems with the, these measures or has it all been pretty straightforward? Well, the main questions we've been getting from members are, are those who who, um, who can't quite believe that it works the way it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're quite as generous as they are, but we, we, we do take 
um, you know, take care to explain what the exclusions are. And yep. uh, it doesn't run forever either. Uh, no, the, no. Social full expensing runs out uh, 30 June 2022. Right. So still a while ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, we haven't haven't quite finished the 2021 year yet, so we've got right. another whole year uh, of temporary full expensing to go after that. Yeah, if you can afford to buy the things, of course. Well, and that's the thing to remember. Um, you know, if you're on a if you're on a marginal tax rate of 40, percent you're yep. still forking out 60 percent of the cost. Oh, yeah. Um, and you get the 40 percent back through the tax system. So. You know, no one's going to buy an asset they don't really need. But over the uh, over many years, uh, these kinds of incentives have um, had the effect of bringing forward um, uh, investment in plant and equipment. And well, that's the thing. It's right. As long as the equipment isn't going to get superseded by something better in a year's time, it, depending on where, what sort of industry you well, operate in, I suppose. Yeah, and well, yeah, that's what people have to be aware of whenever they're buying assets. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, are, there, are any entities excluded from the full expensing measure? Um, yes, um, entities um, with a turnover of more than five billion for the full expensing. Right. So yep. um, you know we've gone we've gone from um, from fifty million to five hundred million for instant asset write off. Yeah. Um, to um, uh, as much as $5 billion. So really, um, that only excludes the big miners, the banks, a few retailers, and, and a handful of other large businesses that everybody loves to hate. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the government's probably reasoned that um, you know, those businesses are big enough and ugly enough to make their own investment decisions. <laughs> that's right, that's true. From, no, okay, uh, so, from the government. Yeah, so those entities can be excluded. Now, what about, are there any assets out of the, out of the game? Um, Okay. Um, well, just going back to the um, uh, the backing business investment rules that oh, yes. apply from March two thousand twenty. Right. Um, if you're if if you're buying a substantial asset that costs more than fifty thousand um, dollars, you get a fifty percent leg up uh, in the year that you buy it. Right. So that's fifty percent depreciation first up, and then uh, normal depreciation on the rest. But you only get that uh, if the asset is not a second-hand asset, and if you didn't pre-order it. Ah, okay. So the pre-ordering okay, thing so does come in. Yeah, okay. It does. It, hmm. it does for the twelfth of March date, and right. it also does for the sixth of October date. If you've pre-ordered, or if it's a second-hand asset. Yep. Sorry. No. Let me go back. Right. Um, for the twelfth of March date, regardless of your turnover. Um, second-hand assets and pre-ordered assets don't qualify. Okay, for the full right, expense. So yep. Yeah, you got to, well, no, they don't qualify for accelerated depreciation. Oh, sorry, that that aspect of right, it. Okay. So you're looking at an asset that costs more than that. It, it does get complicated. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But if the asset costs if the asset costs over one hundred fifty thousand dollars, you get the fifty percent up front plus a bit more. Right. Um, if you're a small business entity, uh, the rest goes into the small business pool. And if you're not a small business entity, you just claim ordinary depreciation. Right. Um, uh, but now, and, and there, is, there is no turnover limit uh, for those rules that apply from the 12th of March. Okay. Now you move to the temporary full expensing. Right. This will make your head spin. Um, <laughs> Uh, that applies from the 6th of October. Um, if you've got a turnover of less than uh, less than 50 million for the right. temporary full expensing, they don't care if it's second-hand or pre-ordered. Okay, right. Okay, right. Uh, you get a full deduction for it. Okay. But if your turnover is over 50 million and under 5 
billion, uh, then pre-ordered assets or second-hand assets don't qualify. Uh, okay. Well, you've got to keep all that in mind all the time. Okay. That's, That's uh... right. So, 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 so there are exclusions for second-hand and, and pre-ordered in some cases, but not in others. depends yep. on turnover and it depends on which incentive you're looking at. Right. Okay. It's a... Uh... Frank, it almost sounds like too much of a good thing. I mean, when you said it'll make your head spin, it is spinning just a little bit. I mean, where's the catch? <laughs> Do businesses have to use this measure? Uh, and can an SME extract themselves from the being, you know, necessarily using this sort of? Well, yes, I should know. Um, and and you're right to um, uh, to ask. Uh, is it too much? Can it be too much of a good thing? Because we've got this perfect storm of deductions now. Right. That that. That come from acquiring assets. You've got the the instant asset write-off um, uh, that's gone up to hundred fifty thousand. Yep. Uh, you've got the backing business investment incentive for the bigger items, where right. you get fifty percent up front, uh, and then you've got temporary full expense and expenses where it's um, there there are no limits. It's 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 a free for all. Right. If you're um, if your turnover is under five billion, and for small business entities, they get to write off all of their uh, small business pool uh, in, in, in June two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some people uh, put their hand up and said, "Actually, this, this is uh, this is as good as it looks. Um, we can't use all these deductions." Oh, right. So they haven't got the wherewithal to to make use of it. Oh, um, well, if, if you're, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. if if, you, if your business has taken a hit during COVID, yeah, uh, then, um, you know, if, if you're down to uh, to a taxable income of you know, twenty thousand and a bit, yep, uh, you don't want a lot more deductions. No, no, you don't. Basically, wasting them. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, um, did, did did you feel do you feel as though businesses may face with all this depreciation frenzy? Are they going to face like a depreci a dry spell in, in well, the following will, year? Right. Okay. Yeah, because this isn't like uh, the cash flow boost or JobKeeper. It's not. It's not no, money for no. nothing. It's. It's. Um. It's. It's more of a loan than a gift, <clears throat> um, and mm. all loans have to be repaid. So more depreciation now means less later. Yes, of course, and because um, it's yeah, you have to spend the money to get anything get, to get anything back. What what are, what are the complications of that? I mean, what would it mean? I mean, I suppose I'm thinking of the bookkeepers out there. I mean, what's going to keep them awake at night, Frank, in in the years to come? Because of all this. Well, well one of the things that um, one of the issues that's been identified uh, is that your um, uh, the financials that that get prepared, your your, your income statement and your, your your profit and loss statement and your balance sheet um, yeah. are going to be distorted by all this. Because firstly, you if you use your your tax accounting as a basis for your business accounting, right. um, and you show these. Uh, accounts to your to, to lenders and other people who have an interest in your business mm. um, it's not going to look too flash um, if um, if all these depreciation deductions run through your p and l right which, which right. they will if, if you don't do something about it would it be complicated um, also by some businesses might have might not have the usual cash flow to show it as well well all their, their cash flow will be what it will be right um, uh, and a depreciation deduction is, isn't isn't a cash flow deduction, no, but it, it, it does come off your profit and loss. Yes. Um, so it's artificially reducing your profits, um, and it's also distorting your balance sheet because you might have spent half a million dollars on this uh, big mm. item of plant, which is a real um, uh, asset to your business and it's going to yep. produce future income, 
and it doesn't appear in the balance sheet if you're using tax accounting figures. So uh, what a lot of people will, will want to think of doing, uh, and I know a lot of people uh, are doing, um, is they'll, um, they'll pr produce um, accounting figures uh, in, in, in producing their, uh, their P&L and their balance sheet. Right. And that's not unusual where there are significant differences between book and tax. Okay, well, that's sort of beyond me, but it sounds like a bit of a problem that's, that's yet to <clears throat> yet to rear its head in, the, in, a, in a significant way. But do you think yeah. that's coming? Do you think that's on its way? Oh, a lot of people would be doing that already. And right, so really. It, it's, it's, it's not a concept that's foreign to um, to most accountants. No, no. But we're looking at if, if this thing runs out at the end of June 2022, uh, yep. it's, it's going to hang around and be a bit of a headache perhaps for some businesses um, until then, I assume. Is that, is that right? Well, in, in terms of distorting the accounts, yep. uh, the accounts will remain distorted um, um, while the asset's still being used in the business and, right. and while your uh, accounting uh, uh, net net value is higher than your tax net value. Right, right. So if those differences are significant and you don't want to show your bank um, a balance sheet that suggests that you're underwater, <laughs> um, you want to uh, prepare this um, uh, an accounting financial statement rather than a tax-based statement. Yes, yes, that's a, it's a good good signal to get prepared for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and just one, one further point sure. on um, uh, the fact that these assets are there, but they don't show up in your accounts. Um, when you sell one of these assets, um, you've got to remember to bring the uh, amount in as a balancing charge. Right, you're going to might be sort of yeah. You've had a, you've, you've had a full deduction for it if you sell right. it and you get something back for it. Uh, you've got to account for that as income in the year ah, that it happens. Of course, I mean, would, would, is that ever the case that people don't account for that when oh, they offload an asset? I'd like to think not, but, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it might have. It's just something people need to remember because that's right. Um, <clears throat> you know, if, the, if the tax office notices that you've missed out, they'll uh, they'll, they'll certainly remind you and yeah, uh, yep. probably make you pay a penalty. Oh dear, well, maybe they'll be keeping an eye on it because they they might flag that this is a mistake that may happen down the track because because of this situation. But still, yeah, and and another mistake that the tax office might want to uh, or may want to pick up on is is the, on this pre-ordering the pre-ordering issue of course um for the 12th of march and also for the 6th of october 12th of march no turnover limit yep um 6th of october there's a, a 15 million dollar turnover limit right um very big items of plant you 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 generally can't go uh, you know to bunnings or or um, any other place and uh, and just buy one off the shelf no uh, so there, there is a there is an ordering period um supply chains were disrupted during COVID. oh yeah um, so sometimes there's a long wait so if your business um picks up a um, you know the largest item of plant say you know, half a million dollars worth um on um in November 2020, you know, yep. not long after the 6th of October date, the tax office is going to ask you when you ordered it. Ah, uh, see. Hopefully then you've got the rec record on somewhere. It's important to get these things right before you right. lose the return. So if you've claimed a full expense, if you made a full expense claim on something that you ordered well before the 6th of October, yep. you're going to be in the spot of bother with the tax office. Uh, hopefully and they'll and have some leeway. Oh, it's either pre-ordered or it isn't. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I suppose and so. And it, it's something that, or something that the advisors uh, shouldn't would oh, know about. 
yep. even if the client doesn't. So the client no. will say, well, you know, it arrived on it arrived in November. Yep. Um, so it qualifies, doesn't it? And then the poor old advisor has to say, well, no, actually, you ordered it beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. So it's up to them to bring that up, though, isn't it? Uh, our, our membership, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, Frank, look, that's that's very uh, uh, that's explained it well. The three big depreciation measures that have come and gone, or are still still in force, of course. Um, yep. It's um it's it's uh, it's not as confusing as I first thought, uh, the way you've pointed out. But it does have certain certain conditions that need to be met. The timing. Yeah, and they and they they're not consistent, and they <clears throat> it's easy to, to to trip over them. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks very much, Frank. You've been very informative. All right, Steve. Good on you. <laughs>